Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. In an age where there is much talk about being yourself, I reserve to myself the right to forget about being myself, since in any case, there is very little chance of my being anybody else. Thomas Merton Who knows what's right and what's wrong? I was raised with strict rules about how to be, how to act, and what to say. A young lady never raised her voice. Always put a smile on your face, no matter what, or stay in your room. One did not brag or call attention to oneself. Well, it didn't take long before I realized these rules just didn't work for me at all. I wasn't sure why, but I was sure they went against who I was and what I wanted to do. My mother's idea of daytime attire was a sweet little seersucker dress with lace trim in the summer or perhaps a cotton plaid with matching ribbons on my pigtails in the fall. Both included shoes and socks that didn't lend themselves to sandbox play or tree climbing, much less practice as a trapeze performer. If I had been able to wear jeans or overalls as a kid, I think I would have avoided much of the shame I carried into my later years. My mother was forever disappointed by my inability to keep my dresses clean, my socks from getting tears, or my shoes on. For my part, I felt most of my clothing stood in the way of doing anything I liked, but I did my best to do it anyway. Somewhere along the line, though, I began to think more outside the box. I noticed that I was most at ease in the branches of my special tree, hidden up there from adult admonitions and free to entertain my own fantasies of being a Pony Express rider or a circus performer. Being up in that tree felt like I was honoring a part of myself that no one else saw, much less approved of. The closest I came to having somebody see who I was was having a champion in my great-aunt Kitty, who thought every single thing I wanted to do was the best idea ever. I got to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, when I was with her on Sunday afternoon. We played dress-up in her ball gowns, high heels, and jewelry, and danced around her spacious foyer to waltz music, while I pretended I was a princess. Never once did she correct me or refuse any request I made. With her, I got unconditional love. Even though in the back of my mind, I felt she didn't really understand who I was, I knew that really wasn't important to her either, and that she loved me no matter what. Thank God I had her in my life. She made the restrictions I had to abide by a little easier to deal with. I won't say I was a bad child, but I also won't say I was an obedient one. When I think back, I cannot remember one time I got away with anything. Always, always I got caught out, but that didn't deter me from trying time and again. It didn't help that I never considered what I would do if I were caught by my mother. One hot summer day, when I was around five or so, I was on the back sleeping porch for my nap, sweaty and not at all sleepy. I noticed a window near the ceiling on the side of the house and that I could see my special tree through it in order to get a better view then. 
I jumped up and down on that bed only to hear all of a sudden a very loud sound as the wooden underboards of the bed broke, essentially cutting the bed in half with both ends in the air. My mother came rushing out to the porch, finding me doing my best pretend sleep, and was not fooled for one minute. She was furious that I had broken the bed, angry I hadn't taken my nap, and dismissive about my tree explanation for jumping. Well, I realized then I couldn't cut a break with my mother, so I just resigned myself to getting caught, which continued to happen all the way through high school. Getting caught, however, didn't stop me. At some young age, I began to feel that doing something I wanted to do was just worth the punishment. If I was sent to my room for an indiscretion, I just read books, which to my mind was like finding a loophole to enjoy being there. Plus, I had done something that called out to me, something that felt totally fun and totally me. One day, Daddy brought home a roll of three-inch plastic. Not sure why, but he gave it to me. I looked at that roll and saw a coin purse I could make. So I sewed three sides with thread, folded over the top, and sold them to all our neighbors, who were mostly older couples. Every single one of them, with no exception, extolled my creativity and were more than happy to pay me 25 cents for this unusual item. But then my mother found out what I'd done. She was irate that I had embarrassed our family in this way and insisted I go to each store and return the money. She came along to make sure I followed through, but, well, I think the neighbors that answered their doors were more embarrassed than I was. So it was that my entrepreneurial skills were dashed forever. I began to get the feeling I was bad somehow, that I couldn't do the right thing, or at least the thing my mother wanted me to do. So it was, I spent more and more time in my room alone, or up in my tree, indulging in a rich fantasy life. No one seemed to notice or care, and thus began a small appreciation for myself, which I kept in a secret part of my heart. Although I meant the message I got from my mother was that I wasn't okay, I just knew somewhere inside that I really was. I felt I was a good kid, and I liked that kid part of myself. She was fun, and I didn't want to change that, so I pretty much hid most of that part of myself, too. I kept this secret part close and safe, not knowing whether or not she would have an opportunity to emerge at a later date. Good news, she did and led me to many fun excursions, most of which definitely would not have gotten my mother's approval. Well, and sometimes they made me question them myself. These days, those kinds of exciting excursions are out of the question or just not in my mind, but I do have a lot of fond memories. I'm proud I decided to claim this somewhat wacky part of myself, and I bring it along with me all the days of my life. I'm happy to say I've had many laughs, many at my own expense, and that taught me how important laughter is to the life I want to have. And most of all, I look at myself and still see that little girl who thrilled herself with her antics, and that brings a big smile to my face today. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining, too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. 
You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on now that you ask podcast.com. Bye-bye for now.